0: you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we're going to look at our gospel lesson in particular verse 35. John 6 verse 35 in which Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. These are the words of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, the bread of life, my dear Christian friends, young single mom had to keep her life on schedule up at five am every day, washed and cleaned by six, breakfast out the door and to work by six: thirty. Every day the same thing. Of course, if you eat breakfast that early in the morning, you kind of get hungry a little bit earlier. So by eleven: thirty she hops into her hatchback and there she goes through the drive through at the subway. And every day she got exactly the same sandwich. A six-inch Black Forest ham, all of the same toppings, and yet every time the guy at subway asks the question, it always threw her for the loop. And what kind of bread would you like with that? What kind of bread would you like? That seems to be the thrust of the conversation that Jesus is having with these followers ever since he did the miracle of feeding the 5,000. What kind of bread would you like? The Jews, the people, they were looking for a certain sort of earthly existence, and yet Jesus wants to provide to them himself as the bread of life, himself as the way, the truth, and the life, himself as the way to an eternal existence that no eye has seen and no mind has conceived, but an existence that God was preparing for those whom he loves. In Jesus' discourse on the bread of life, what he wants to communicate to these people is that if they come to Jesus, if they believe in Jesus, they will never again hunger and never again will they thirst. Now, some of you I know have grandparents, maybe great-grandparents who lived through the Great Depression and you've heard stories. Maybe you have grandparents or great-grandparents who actually predated that and they've told you stories about living in the early 1900s and maybe even back in the uh, late 1800s about how difficult life was. Have any of you heard these stories? It's It's seemingly a million miles away from the creature comforts that we have today and the relatively easy way of life that we enjoy now. Would any of you actually live in Arizona if there were nothing like air conditioning? You know, they had to scrape and claw and fight just for a subsistence existence. They had to get out and plant seeds in the ground just to make ends meet because they didn't always have enough money to feed their families. Now, you think about this and you say, that's in like the late 1800s and early 1900s in our own country. Well then, how challenging do you think life really was for these Jews to whom Jesus was talking? They lived in Galilee 2,000 years ago. Remember around Lent when we talk about the apostles, or even in Epiphany, when Jesus calls the apostles and disciples and sends them out two by two, we always turn some kind of a phrase and we say, they're kind of, you know, country bumpkins. They're Galilee hillbillies. Jesus pulled them from fishing. Well, why did they fish? Because they needed food to eat for them and for their families. Well, they weren't educated. They didn't go to university. We always make the point on Pentecost that when they're speaking in tongues, nobody went to school to learn these languages. But that was true of all the people in and around that Sea of Galilee. They lived subsistence kind of existence and subsistence kind of lifestyles. It was hard. They had to fight and claw and scrape and scrap just so that they had food to eat to make it from day to day. Now you give me that mindset, those blue-collar, subsistence, existence kind of people, and now they run into Jesus who feeds 5,000 of them with five loaves of bread and two fish? You tell me how you would react to Jesus. See, they want to make him a bread king because they see a better life. like Russia where we wait in bread lines, we're not going to have the government interfere because they're hoarding all the food and not distributing it to all the rest of the citizenry. The Romans aren't going to be a problem for us because Jesus is just going to multiply all the food we need. We don't need to work by the sweat of our brow. We don't need to toil 12, 14 hours a day just so that we can you know, survive till tomorrow. See, that's what these people are thinking. These 10, 15, or 1,000 or more people when Jesus feeds the 5,000. They were thinking with their bellies. They were thinking, I suppose you would argue selfishly, but they were, had a default switch for this earth and this world, and they were just trying to eke out an existence from day to day. Well, now you tell me, how really more advanced is our life? Well, we have education. We have technology, we have creature comforts, comparable to those people who lived in Jesus' day, comparable to our forefathers who lived even as much as a hundred years ago. It's easier. It's easier. But are our lives really that much more meaningful? Do we have more purpose? Is our lives more satisfactory? Is the food that the people ate, you know, back 2,000 years ago in Jesus' day, you know they were going to get hungry the next day. Now we we just run down whatever to AJ's and we buy a special kind of a steak or we get a special bottle of Cab because we have a few more dollars in the bank maybe than those people did a couple years ago. We fry asparagus or grill it on our fancy grills in the backyard, but we're still going to get hungry again and we're still going to get thirsty again. we think with the same earthbound default switch that says, I'm just trying to make it day-to-day and survive until tomorrow, until, well, when we face eternity. And that's exactly the message that Jesus is wanting to communicate to those Jews and to you Gentiles today. To those of us who are stuck, to those of us who feel like we're trapped by this earthbound existence, that's not really satisfying we fight and we claw and we scrape and we work 8, 10, 12 hours a day. And maybe, maybe by the time we pay our rent and mortgage and maybe by the time we pay our utilities, we've got a couple extra bucks that we can throw for a movie or entertainment. Maybe we've got a couple extra bucks that maybe we will stick away for some kind of retirement. But in the end, we're not going to take it with us. Neither could those people back then. But Jesus is wanting to lift our hearts out of the earthbound. He's wanting to get our brains out of this earth and this world and to paint a picture of why he came. This is why Jesus might rhetorically ask the same question that that mom did, or that the subway agent asked the mom in our opening illustration. And what kind of bread do you want? I suppose if we got to choose, we would choose the bread of 2018 before we choose the bread of 100 years ago. Or we choose the bread of 100 years ago before we might choose the bread that they were cooking in Jesus' day. But if we choose any kind of that bread, we're still going to be hungry and we're still going to thirst, which is why Jesus presents himself to those people as the bread of life. Jesus says in verse 33, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never again be hungry and he who believes in me will never again be thirsty. Jesus is saying something so tremendously and spectacularly shocking to these people who are uneducated and who are trying to scrape through a meager existence in this earth and world to shock their brains alive so that they embrace and grasp him as their Messiah and Savior people. I didn't do the miracle to feed you earthly bread. I did the miracle so that you realize I'm a Messiah. I'm not talking about getting you from today and tomorrow. I'm not talking about doing what Joseph did back in the day where he stored up all the food in granaries so that he could feed the whole Middle East. I'm talking about feeding your soul. I'm talking about a life that doesn't ever end. When you come to me, I, Jesus, your Lord and Savior, am able to forgive your sins. I am able to feed your soul with that sort of thing that is so satisfying that it transcends this earthly world in existence and carries on into eternity where you're not ever going to have to work or toil or labor or spin or sweat because the kind of eternal existence that God is preparing for you is just beyond your comprehension. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, when he says, when you come to me, you will never again be hungry, and when you believe in me, you will never again be thirsty, Jesus means to present himself to you and to the people back then is something that's genuinely and truly satisfying. Remember when we read our Proverbs lesson? What is wisdom other than knowing the Lord Jesus Christ? You remember when we read our second lesson from 2 Corinthians? Earthly wisdom, this all fades away. All it is is a means to an end. But if we die with 10 PhDs and don't know Jesus, we're still condemned. And so Jesus presents himself to us as real wisdom, as real food, together with the promise of eternal life. You'll never again be hungry and you'll never again be thirsty is Jesus' way of saying that has nothing to do with this earthen world and I have nothing to do with this earthen world. My kingdom's from another place. I'm going there to prepare your place and I'll come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. Jesus wants to reach out to you and present to you himself as your Savior. He wants you to know that he, and he alone, has gone to the cross and risen again. So that it's not your own effort, your sweat, your toil, that can provide any of this spiritual food. It is only Jesus who came from heaven, and who has lifted up the cross, and who was raised on the third day. He, Jesus, has done all the work to provide the banquet of spiritual food, so that when you simply trust and believe in him through faith, God promises, God promises, and he cannot lie, that you will live with God in eternal life forever. So much of our life is stuck, like those Old Testament people, huh? So much of our life is... We've outgrown the clothes. The clothes are worn out. We've only got, you know, two packs of water and Coke in the fridge. We better run off to Costco. So much of our earthly existence is spent trying to find fulfillment and satisfaction with stuff that really is not fulfilling and not satisfying. There's no there there. But Jesus presents himself to you and to me today is the great I am. I am real bread. I am real food. And I satisfy your soul by chasing away your sin and guilt so that your sin and guilt are so far removed from you that you can stand before the Lord on the last day righteous and holy. I am real drink so that you won't want to drink from any other false god in this earthen world. You don't want to live here because this world has nothing to offer you. Because once you've had me, I satisfy your soul with everything that you need. He's pulling you away from this earthen world. He's satisfying you with some real food and some real drink for your soul, so that you realize, so that you come to believe, That when I have Jesus Christ, as we sing in our psalm today, I have everything I need. Well, I don't know, friends. What kind of bread will you have? I think I'll have the bread of life. Amen. Amen.